0: Namaste, my name is Neelima, welcome to Reflections Along the Way podcast, where you will be listening to reflections from learnings and experiences along my life's journey. In the next few episodes, we'll be reflecting on Lesson 9 from the book Self-Unfoldment, Swami Chinmayananda, and it is in continuation to all the reflections we've been doing in the past many episodes. In this lesson, we will be talking about how all of us experience the world and what constitutes the world of experiences for us. So, generally, it's our habit to turn our minds towards what's happening outside outward right we have trouble turning it inward we've not yet uh, learned how to uh, think about what the nature of our thoughts is and uh, also kind of reflect on what actually constitutes our daily experiences so we have three equipments which are the body the mind and the intellect through which we meet All experiences in life. So life pulsates through us using these three instruments. And when life is pulsating through the physical body, then we perceive the world of objects. And when life is working through the mind, we experience the feelings and emotions. And when life expresses itself through the intellect, we experience the world of ideas and thoughts. And each of us have distinctive set of these three instruments, right? And that is why we are all so different and every one of us is a unique personality, Our total world of experiences that we have every day is made up of nothing but the world of objects, the world of feelings and the world of our thoughts which are experienced through the body, mind and intellect and all these put together is our field of experience right. So whatever we perceive through our body, mind and intellect that constitutes our field of experience and what I perceive may be different from what you are perceiving depending on how you are feeling, thinking about it and what you see, right? It's very clear that we have our own field of experience based on our own personality. The art of living is nothing but the method or art of tuning all these three instruments properly so that we have a proper experience of the world, Previously, we had discussed how there are two types of scientists, the objective scientists and the subjective scientists. The objective scientists concentrate on the outer world and uh, they develop knowledge of the outer world so that we have all these comforts and we can use all the resources properly and, you know, to live in a certain harmony in the society. And the subjective scientists, on the other hand, They tell us that we must look within, unfold the knowledge of our inner selves so that we can live our life purposefully. And they tell us that we can have the right relationship and perceive the world properly only when we get that knowledge and we learn to establish ourselves in that knowledge. When we're talking about objective scientists, we're primarily talking about politicians, economists and scientists, right? So politicians kind of decide how uh, we are in relation to other people around us and economists regulate our relationship to the wealth in the country and uh, scientists kind of command our relationship to the physical phenomena or the nature. In all the above aspects, we are learning how to relate ourselves to the world so that we can live harmoniously, happily and luxuriously, right? So there are always two factors for us to experience. One is the world and one is ourselves. The world is not in our control fully. The only thing we have in our control is ourselves, in our inner life. So if we all can spend our time and energy to reorganize our inner life, then we can learn how to live in healthy harmony with the world around us in every aspect of our existence, harmoniously and peacefully. The objective scientists or the ancient masters in their analysis of the human personality, they have determined that although physically each of us is one being, there are various other subtle aspects that react uh, to the world of objects in a different way, making each of us have four different personality aspects. And they categorize these four personalities as the physical, the mental personality, the intellectual personality and the spiritual personality. And the physical is the most grossest layer of the four, the most subtle layer of the four is the spiritual personality. When we as a subject come in contact with an object of experience, we do not do that as an integrated whole, but as a collection of four personalities ready to enjoy that object. And each of the personalities has its own values and demands. They function according to uh, each uh, situation that we are faced with. Now, let's take an example. Suppose we go to somebody's house and uh, say we're offered like a yummy uh, chocolate cake which looks awesome and our physical personality is very tempted because it looks so good, it smells so good and our tongue starts watering. We want to eat it right away. And the mental personality is kind of looking at who offered the cake. Did they offer it in a nice way was the host good do you feel good eating the cake or if somebody just uh, is not very polite or they're just like you know throwing the full cake at you the mental personality doesn't feel like having the cake right and if somebody offers you with love then the mental personality feels so good and wants to experience the cake The intellectual personality probably is remembering that um, that's too much sugar in the cake and we're not supposed to eat that to be healthy. And the spiritual personality also may have its say, saying that we should not be tempted by the cake, you know, we should not let ourselves be tempted by the sense objects because it lures us away from the locus of happiness, which is not in the cake, but it is in ourselves and it's a distraction. So what uh, Swamiji is trying to say with the example is that all these personalities, they have their own uh, say in it. And uh, in most cases, they are not integrated. Each personality will be saying its own thing to us. And that is the reason we often have dissatisfaction within ourselves, right? Because not all of them speak to the same thing. So what brings satisfaction to us when we are experiencing anything is for all the four personalities to be integrated in a way that there is no conflict between the uh, four personalities. And how does that happen? So the ancient sages discovered that The human being is always ready to sacrifice the demands of the crosser personality to the more subtler one. For instance, in the example that we discussed uh, before... If say the cake didn't look so good and it didn't smell so good but the host offered it with so much love that you feel so good about it we would feel like eating it anyway doesn't matter how the cake tastes or smells. Similarly say if we are identifying with the intellectual personality more than the mental personality then we are thinking that oh, okay this is not healthy for me and no matter What emotions we feel, no matter how yummy the cake looks or smells, we will be able to restrict ourselves from eating that cake because we identify with the more subtler personality. The point Swamiji is trying to make is the psychological satisfaction is always richer than the physical gratification we get and the subtler the personality level, the greater is the satisfaction. So as we identify more and more with the intellectual personality rather than the body or mind or the spiritual personality, then we not only integrate with the lower, grosser layers, but we also learn how to experience the world in a much joyous way. Thank you for listening to today's Reflections. If you'd like to connect with me, Please visit bluishmuse.com Until next time, Namaste.